0: Good morning. morning. Are you doing all right this morning, family? (laughs) All right. Cool. Today, uh, I'm going to be talking about being devoted, devoted to teaching, to being a learner, right? If you were here last weekend, you know that we we talked a little bit about the idea of the, the devotions of the early church and uh, then we're going to break them down and, and talk a little bit more. And today we're going to talk about a devotion to teaching or a devotion to being a learner. <clears throat> and, um, and it's funny that I'm talking about that because I have to admit that um, the word devotion uh, would probably not be a word that would come to mind to describe my time in school, right? Devoted learner. Uh, I, I mean, high school. I I got good grades. But I'll be honest, I, I did not try very hard. It was kind of like, what do I have to do? kind of thing. And typically for me, um, my assignments were done early on the morning it was due. I, I, I yeah, a few of you, yeah. Just get up early, a little bit for school, get your homework done, turn it in. That was just kind of how I approached it. But when I got, you know, I graduated and I went to college, I, I became a little more devoted in college. Uh, A little more serious until I met Stacy, right? Because uh, Stacy I met when I was uh, a junior in college, and um, in that fall we had a couple of classes together. And it's not good to be in class with somebody that you're now dating, right? And it just it it did not work well for us. This particular class was um, called pastoral care and counseling, and and, and uh, the professor in our class was uh, was a guy by the name of Doctor Parlots, and um, and he was rather dry and clinical in his teaching. Some, not me, but some might even call it boring, right? Um, and so, uh, Stacy and I would be in these classes and kind of snoozing a little bit. And he he would always he would tell these stories, these. Long, long stories about um, these experiences of of counseling people. And and, and they were, I mean, they were like serious stories, but they were also seriously mind numbing. And so to to entertain ourselves, uh, Stacey and I started drawing pictures of Mr. Bill in precarious situations. Now, some of you are going, Who is Mr. Bill? How many of you know who Mr. Bill is? Okay, there's only a few of us oldies in the room. Um, If you don't know who Mr. Bill is, you missed out on the truly funny years of Saturday Night Live. All right, Um, Mr. Bill was this was a regular on SNL, and uh, and and his outings with his dog Spot would always end in disaster for his clay body. Right, and it's kind of you look back at it now and you go, really, that entertained a generation. It did. And, um, and, and then when, when tragedy would strike, he would famously say, those of you who know, what would he say? <laughs> oh, no, Mr. Bill, right? Uh, oh, boy, we are getting old. Um, <clears throat> and so, G- so Stacy and I would sit there in class, and we would draw pictures of Mr. Bill being smashed. And then, you know, sometimes, like, I would, you know, a kind of semi whisper over to her. Oh no, Mr. Bill, you know, and um, and, and we would we would begin to, uh, you, you know, when you're in a situation where you're not supposed to laugh, and you desperately want to laugh. You, you know, you've been there before. You're like, this is serious, or this is like class. You're not supposed to laugh, but inside you are just dying. And, and this was like a daily occurrence. Like inside, we're just like holding it in, like you can't. And and far more often than I would like to acknowledge. Um, we were unable to keep it in and it would like come out and like interrupt the class and it wasn't like we sat back in the back where this was a huge you know you know room it was like a pretty small class and we were usually like like the third row back and um and we would <laughs> we would explode with laughter you know and and, and the funny thing is Dr. Parlas never said anything about it like i don't know if he thought we were laughing at his riveting stories or i don't know, I don't know what was going on but what I can say is this that at least in that class, we were not exactly devoted learners. We really goofed off most of the time. But as we learned last week, the people who made up that very first church devoted themselves, devoted themselves to teaching, among other things. And last week, I gave you an overview of those priorities of the early church. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a closer look at one of those today, the devotion to teaching, the devotion to being a learner. And we find this in Scripture in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Those followers of Jesus, who, by the way, are now filled and empowered by the Spirit, have devoted themselves, they've committed themselves to these few priorities, the priority of the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, and prayer. And as I mentioned last week, as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, as I mentioned last week, the apostles were appointed by Jesus, and they were given the responsibility, among other things, of teaching the things that he had taught them, right? So you go out, I've taught you, now you go and teach other people the things that I have revealed to you. And so as they did this, a priority arose among those first followers and they were devoted. They were committed to the teachings of Jesus. They were devoted learners. They were hungry to fill their hearts and their minds with the truth of Jesus. Now, it doesn't give us any more information, right? It doesn't, like, you know, unpack what it means that they were devoted. You can continue reading through Acts, and you see some of the the outcome of that. But it doesn't exactly describe what it means to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. But I think that we can sort of figure it out on our own. I think that we kind of understand the idea of what it means to devote ourselves to something. It requires time, commitment, energy, passion. Sometimes it even requires... Sacrifice. It it, it meant for them giving priority to those times when the apostles would teach. And it also meant when they were teaching, it meant that they were present. It meant that they were expectant, that they wanted to hear and receive and act on what they were hearing. What we also know from Scripture a little bit later on as it's written is that. The Bible's clear over and over again that, that learning about Jesus involves living like Jesus, that they're always tied together. And all the scriptures talk about you know, teaching and learning about Jesus, it always ties together learning about him with living like him. In fact, listen to what the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James is teaching us that there is an undeniable connection between truly hearing God's word and acting on what we hear, right? That's All throughout, almost every passage that talks about this, it's, it's woven in this idea that it's not just hearing, not just understanding our heads, but that understanding needs to move into our hearts and out into our lives. In fact, James says, we deceive ourselves if we think we can just hear and not act on it. And for those first followers, they they did not yet have what we are blessed to have, which is the teachings of the apostles written down and inspired as scripture. So they were literally dependent on, they needed to hear the teaching of the apostles in order to learn about Jesus and what it means to walk with him or follow him. Now, as we think about the devotion of those early believers, uh, I've sort of looked at this and I've divided it into two areas, right? Because in order for them to be devoted to teaching, you have to also realize that there were devoted teachers and there were devoted learners, right? So the idea of being devoted to teaching, there's kind of two sides to that. So I want to unpack both of those today for a few minutes and see what does the Bible say to teachers and what does it say to learners about being devoted, okay? So the first one is this a devoted teacher. In order for the church to be devoted to teaching, there had to be devoted teachers. People who were first devoted followers of Jesus, devoted to the discipline of teaching, devoted to communicating the truth, and devoted to the people that they were teaching. The amazing thing is this, that they were hearing from the apostles who had just spent three years under the master teacher himself, Jesus, who who they had seen him, they had witnessed him teaching, not just um, publicly, certainly they were a part of that, but also teaching them privately. And so in that process of spending time with the master teacher, they learned how to convey spiritual truth. They learned how to make the word of God understandable. And, And probably most importantly, they learned that the teacher must practice what they're teaching, right? Living out what you're teaching. You add that experience of sitting under Jesus' teaching for three years, you add to that the fact that they have now been filled and empowered by the Spirit, the same Spirit who gifts teachers, who enables them to communicate the truths of God in such a way that it actually penetrates human hearts and makes a difference. You put those two things together and you have a pretty powerful thing in the early church. They were not just trained by Jesus, they were empowered by his spirit. And the early church devoted themselves to what they said, to what they taught about Jesus. Later on, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote about the gift and the purpose of spiritual leadership and teaching in the church. And he writes this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood or womanhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that so that it builds itself up in love. What that passage is saying is this, is that God gave gifts. He gave apostles and evangelists and shepherds and teachers for the express purpose of equipping and building up the body of Christ, the church. And according to this passage, then, teaching... Is a vital role in the church that we need teaching. It's a gift that God gives. It builds people up in their knowledge of God, he says. It brings unity with one another. And its goal, if you listened, was spiritual maturity in our lives, right? That teaching, its goal is that we might mature and grow up in our faith. And as he said, as we grow up in that, then we will not be so, so easily moved by teachings. By, the way he said it is tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine, right? You just think about the idea of a ship or a boat that is unmoored. It's not tied into an acre somewhere. And, and, and the tides come um, and, and it just moves wherever the water's going. He's saying, no, no, no. You need teaching to help you so that you're not thrown here and there by every wave of doctrine or teaching. Without teaching that is grounded in God's word, we are more likely to be like unmoored boats just drifting wherever they may go. So God has given, and the Holy Spirit has gifted, teachers in the church. And those teachers have the weighty responsibility of staying true to God's word and living out What they teach over and over again in in nearly every passage of scripture that talks about teaching, it talks about living it out for the teacher as well. In fact, listen to what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul is writing to a young teacher, a young pastor by the name of Timothy, and he says this Do your best. I love how he said, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. A devoted teacher will present himself or herself first to God, the one who approves, and then to others by carefully handling and teaching the word of God. Another passage says it this way. Titus chapter two, verse seven. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, Show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. You see the the tie that is being made there? It's elevating a life of integrity for the one who is teaching, right? So that nobody can come and say something evil against you. In other words, they can speak against your teaching because you're saying one thing and you're living a different way. And so we say, no, 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 no have integrity, teachers, say and do the same thing. Practice what you preach, right? Isn't that the the term we use? I think we all know that teaching is most impacting when it flows from an authentic person who actually lives what they say. And I know that in my life, as I followed Jesus for these years, that God has used different people, different teachers to impact my life. And it's not just what they taught, because I'll be honest with you, I couldn't recite for you or tell you what many of those people taught me over the years. But what, I, what did impact me was the consistency of their lives, right? There's something about teaching and living it out. Scripture is really clear about that. That's what it means to be a devoted teacher. I think about people like Les Welk, who was my pastor growing up all those years as I was kind of growing up and in my teen years and and older. uh, What I learned from Pastor Les was I learned from his tenderness that showed up so often in his messages and his sensitivity to the Spirit. I learned from him. I think about Mike Ryma, who was my youth pastor growing up and still a good friend today. I just talked to him a couple weeks ago. And he taught me through friendship, through relationship, and through consistency. He was just so consistent all throughout my life. I think of Dr. Picota, uh, probably my favorite um, professor in college. He was one of those guys who, like, a brain. I mean, he knew. He knew everything, like theology-wise. He knew original languages. He was just like filled with all of this knowledge. But what I learned from Dr. Bacota was humility and authenticity. I mean, he was the most down-to-earth, relatable person, despite all of the degrees and all the things that he knew. He was a normal person. And it impacted my life. I... I think about a a pastor and teacher named Wayne Cordero who taught me the value of integrity and the value of words. In fact, he taught me this. I have it up on my wall in my office. You can teach what you know, but you will ultimately reproduce who you are. Let me say that again. You can teach what you know, but you will ultimately reproduce who you are right? Bringing together, again, that same idea, idea of integrity for the teacher. You can teach all kinds of stuff, but what's really going to be passed on is how you live the integrity of your life. Devoted teachers are a gift to the church. And what's most valuable in a teacher is not how they look or how engaging they are, or how funny they are, or how entertaining they are. What's most valuable is a teacher who is devoted and rightly handles the Word of God with integrity. That's what matters. That's what matters most. And a devoted, a devotion to teaching requires devoted teachers. And, and, and I think that we're blessed around here in this church to have so many devoted teachers, volunteers and staff alike in this church who, who faithfully teach week in and week out different people. I think we're blessed. And, and for those of you maybe who are in this room who God uses you in that way, you teach. You, you have a gift to do that in the church. I just want to thank you for teaching us, for bringing us along and our kids along in understanding who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. I also know this, that some of you who are here, the Spirit of God has gifted you, has enabled you to be a teacher. And I'm wondering, maybe for some of us, have you ever come and brought that gift to God and said, use this for the equipping and the encouragement of your church? Would you use my gift to do that? And I would encourage you, if you have that gift, and probably if you do, it probably shows up in your life, right? It shows up in your work. Maybe some of you are actually teachers. And that's awesome to use that gifting and that ability in that context. And I'm wondering, what if God were to call you to use that in the context of his body as well? Are you open to that? Are you willing? Because part of a devotion to teaching requires devoted teachers. And devoted teachers come through gifting, enabling of the Spirit of God. So I'd encourage you to think about that if you're a gifted teacher. Here in this church, we are devoted to teaching with integrity and with clarity, to teaching that is grounded in God's Word and empowered by His Spirit. That's the side of the teacher, right? Now, there's a whole other side to this devotion, and that is a devotion to the learner, right? A devoted learner. On the learning side or the student side, devotion means being committed, consistent, attentive, engaged, and putting what you learn into practice, right? So let me ask you a question. Would devotion be a term that would describe you as a learner? Are you a devoted learner? Because listen, listen. I grew up going to church my whole life. And I get it. Like I went to, I've gone to all kinds of Sunday school classes and small groups and seminars and you know, Sunday services, kind of like what you're in right now. And, and I get it. I've been there. And, and it's easy to sort of enter in with sort of like a perspective of entertain me. Right? Maybe even you, know, you come into an environment like this and you go, man, I hope it's a short one today. Right? It sort of puts the focus on how much time is this going to take? What am I going to get out of this? Am I going to be entertained? As opposed to a focus on what does God want to say to me? Right? And a devoted learner is somebody who's devoted, committed, wanting to, hungry for, the truth that God wants to convey. Does that describe you? I don't say that out of shame. I just say that perhaps God wants to take you another step in devotion, to teaching, to being a learner. I love how it's put put for us, the, the imagery that's given to us in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, when it talks about this. It says this. Like newborn infants... Long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk. Now in the previous chapter, Peter wrote about the truth that he had preached or he had taught to them and, and then sort of in, in conclusion to all these truths that I've taught to, uh, taught to you, he says, long for that, crave it. And he gives this picture that I think all of us understand we relate to, whether you have children or not, is this idea of a newborn infant and they're craving their desire for milk, right? I mean, I, it was a long time ago, but I remember when our little ones it was like, man, when Emily was like, it's just like, gets to the hour that it's time to eat, it's like if she doesn't get it right this second, she would just go ballistic, right? And we all get that picture, that imagery of a little infant. It's like, you will give me milk now, right? They crave it, they want it, they will scream for it, right? And and that's the picture that he uses. It's very interesting, he uses that picture that we all get, we all understand, he says, be like that to the pure spiritual milk of God's word, that by it you might grow up, hunger for it, crave it, desire it. Does that communicate our devotion to it? Because, as it says there in 1 Peter 2, if you have tasted that the Lord is good, there will be implanted in you a hunger and a desire for More of it. Now, as we think about fulfilling this hunger, this desire, there's kind of two primary ways that we can do that as a learner. One is personally, individually, by hungering and devouring, eating, if you will, God's written word, right? Because what we have today that they didn't have back in the day was that all of those teachings of the apostles were written down and inspired by God's Spirit to be Scripture today. And so you and I can open this up and can devour it and can, can look at it as a perspective, not just to like I'm reading a novel or i got to check off the list in my life, but that this is actually God speaking and saying something to me that can actually bring nourishment to my soul. So, so one of the ways that you and I can be devoted to learning is by being devoted to hearing from God as he speaks through his word. Does that describe your life? A devotion to this? Now I understand, I get it, because sometimes you go, (laughs) Jim, listen, listen, listen. I tried reading that thing. And it's like, there's confusing stuff in there. Yep. There is. There is. It's, it's, It's different than just picking up a novel and kind of reading through, and it's like, okay, it's different than that because what this is is this is God speaking to us and communicating with us the things that he wanted to say. And you know what? It takes some energy and effort to hear what he's saying. and Sometimes you need to really dig in and look at the context. It would be wise of you to maybe get a Bible. It's like a study Bible that gives you in the notes maybe a little history or context or to help you understand what it's communicating and saying. One of the ways that we can grow up in our salvation is through a devotion to learning this. What's a step maybe you could take in taking that more seriously? Because if some of us were honest, you'd have to say, listen, I don't crack this thing open at all outside of here. Maybe I come to church. Maybe I bring. And maybe for you, one step, just one step, would be, I'm going to make a commitment that when I come into an environment where there's teaching like what we're doing right now, I'm going to actually bring my physical Bible. And when we're talking about something, I'm going to actually, I'm not going to be embarrassed by what people think, how long it takes me to find it, but I'm going to search through and I'm going to find where we're at in the Bible I'm going to read it. I'm going to look at me. That might be one step for you in the direction of devotion to hearing from God in his word. That's one of the ways. The other way that we can be devoted learners is in environments where we're being taught, maybe in a class or in an environment like this or a seminar or something. And the question is, how do you approach those times of teaching? Because we can either be passive or active learners, Right, those of, you, if, those of you who are teachers or you've taught in any situation, you know what it's like to be a teacher if people are checked out, are not engaged, right? It makes it very, very difficult for the teacher and not very fun for the learner either. But on the other side, when people are engaged, you can see it in their actions and in their eyes are kind of leaning forward and engaging in what is being taught. It's better for both. So one of the ways we can devote ourselves is being engaged learners when somebody's teaching the word of God, when you come prepared and expectant to learn and to hear from God. You can engage, you can take notes, you can continue to study after you hear that teaching to learn it for yourself. I was really encouraged, this last week I was talking to somebody and just didn't kind of conversation before we even you know kind of talked about the topic we were meeting over um, they just said to me hey i've been uh, I've, I've been reading ahead in acts so that i can be prepared for what you're going to talk about on sunday and i just went that sounds like devotion it sounds like devotion to being a learner i want to learn this for myself what's a step that you could take in being a devoted learner And the reason that our own personal times in God's word and when it's being taught, why it matters, why it's so significant, is because this isn't like any other book. The Bible describes itself as something that is alive. Let's read what it says. It's found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is living and active, Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Imagine that. The Bible describes of itself is that it's like a sword that can cut right to the heart and can even open us up and reveal the condition of our hearts. Imagine this. Imagine if you and I were to approach the teaching of God's word with a perspective or with a prayer that said, Spirit of God, today, would you please pierce my heart? Would you please reveal the condition of my heart today as I sit under the teaching of your word, as I open up your word today? Can you imagine doing that? What if that was a step for you? What if on your way to church on a Sunday? What if before you just sat down and sort of went, "Ah." Oh. If you were to say, Spirit of God, would you please today cut deeply into me with what, with what I hear, with what I'm taught? Would you please reveal where my heart is at and, and give me the desire and the ability to walk in what I hear? Can you imagine? How would that impact your life? How would that impact our lives as devoted learners if that's how we approached it? That was our attitude and perspective. I think this, that God would begin to teach you deep, lasting things that wouldn't just be gone two seconds after it's all, it's all over, but that would stick with you and that God would begin to bring what you're learning from here into your heart and out your life. That's my desire for you and for all of us. What if you and I were to begin to pray that? Spirit, open me up today as I go. Because here's what happens. You, know, you get into an environment of teaching like this right now. It's like you're just sitting there and there's a guy up front talking. And you go, man, I've been doing this for a long time. And I get there and it's like, hey, we're talking about a passage. I've heard this message before. I've heard about this before. And we can just kind of check out. But here's the amazing thing. Because the word of God is living and active, it doesn't matter if you've heard it 100 times. The Spirit of God can still awaken your heart to its truth in a fresh way. I was just saying to Stacey last week, I was reading something in my time in God's Word. And I just said to her, I, said, I wasn't really surprised because it's happened many times, but I just said, it's so amazing to me that I've, I've read this passage a hundred times. And today, God just illuminated my heart and my mind to it in a fresh way like I'd never really seen it before. How amazing is that? And so every time we're in a place where we're opening up God's word, where we're being taught it, it can be fresh right now today. It has a lot to do with just our heart, frankly, and our perspective. What if we were to devote ourselves to teaching, to being learners, and being open to whatever God wanted to say to me today? I think it would have a huge impact on our lives and on our church. I want to end by looking at a a beautiful, beautiful picture in scripture of a devoted learner. Somebody who had the potential of being distracted by other things, but chose in that moment to devote herself to what Jesus was teaching. We find this passage in the book of Luke, chapter 10. Listen to this beautiful description of a learner, of a devoted learner. Now as they went on their way Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I mean, you just imagine, I think of like Thanksgiving, right? There's there's like guests over and you're making meals and things are going crazy. Like, is the table just right? And... And in the midst of all of that, one of those sisters recognized that God himself is in our living room and speaking, teaching. And there's nothing more important in this moment than for me to go and sit at his feet and to listen and to soak up what Jesus is saying. And the other other sister was so distracted by all the stuff going on. I got to get this done. It's got to come out on time. Table's got to look just right that she missed She missed the opportunity. Now, I know how people respond to this. Some of you are sitting right now going, but where would the world be without Martha's, you know? Well, they had to eat, didn't they? And listen, the point of that, and the reason it was told to us is this, is one thing is necessary, and one of you missed it, and one of you soaked it in. That was the point. And so what if we, what if you and I, chose the path of a Mary? That in the midst of all of the chaos, all the craziness, all the time consuming things of our lives, if we were to come to places and say, This is a sacred moment and I want to listen to what Jesus is saying, I'm devoting myself to it. It is far more important than whatever is calling my name. If we were to devote ourselves like that, I believe that our lives would be radically changed because He has something to say to you. He really does. The question is: Are we listening? Are we attentive? Are we devoted learners? Would you stand with me, family? As it so, what today? Um, I just want to ask you: What is one step you could take in the direction of being a devoted, being devoted to teaching, or being a devoted learner? What's one step you could take? Think about it for a minute. Before we just run out. And you forget everything we just talked about. Just think about what is one step I might take personally in the direction of being devoted. Maybe it would have to do with one time this week, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to open this up and say, I want to listen. What do you have to say to me? Maybe one step for you is preparing your heart before you show up to a place where you're being taught and you just say, God, I want to hear. I'm here not to be entertained, but I'm here because I want to listen to you. What's one step that you could take? Because all of us could grow in our devotion. <laughs> I can't. What's one step that you could take? And I pray that this week you'll take it, not in your own strength, but in the strength and the power of the Spirit who lives in you. Because that's the only way that it's going to make a difference in your life. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I pray that by your Spirit, you would enable us to take a step, one step of faith, of obedience, of devotion, to the teaching, to the receiving of your word. It's powerful, it's living, it's active, can change our lives and I just pray Lord that you give us the ability to take one step this week and I pray that the following week and the following month and on and on you would continue to grow us to where we could be a church where we could be people who are truly devoted to teaching truly devoted to being learners do that in us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, before you head out, uh, we're beginning something this weekend, and we're going to be doing it every single Sunday after every service, and that is this, we want to be a church that prays, and prays with you and for you. And so, at the end of this service, if you have something going on in your life, maybe it's going something going on in your physical body, or just, you know, something that's happening that is just weighing you down, we have some some. A prayer team. In fact, I would encourage you to step out right now, those of you who are part of that, to come up here who are available to pray with you. And I would just invite you to come up and to pray with them. And if you've got something you want to be prayed for, all right? God bless you. We'll see you next week.